Hi guys, we'll begin to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's going to be a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. I would try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. You can find the podcast on YouTube, watch the video portion there, and you can watch the, or you can listen to the audio portion anywhere that you can get your podcast. So this this week for today is just audio. So we'll have a video back up and running on Monday, Lord willing. All right, so guys, there's so much to talk about, man. There's so much. There's so much to talk about. But we'll hit it as the weeks and the months progress, but we can't hit everything all in one day. But there's so much to talk about. There's so much. But we'll get there, right? We'll get there as we're building together and as we're uh, studying together. But as as we talk about some things, here's one thing that I wanted to talk about today. And we're going to entitle this one, The Injury of Insecurity. The Injury of Insecurity. So, you know, when you think about as you uh, as you like grow in Christ and as you develop and as you try to become what he wants you to become, um, naturally, you know, most of us are good at, you know, working hard and doing what we're supposed to do and growing and helping other people and trying to help ourselves. Right. So we're doing that. And that's great to do that. But imagine a scale with me. Right. And just kind of your normal weighing scale. And on the one end of the scale, you have yourself working hard, getting better, doing things for other people, always busy, always doing something, right? So that part of the scale is lifting. But as that part of the scale is lifting, on the other side of the scale, something else is going down as you're being productive throughout your days. And what's going down? What's going down in your life is your confidence in you, understanding who you are, understanding your value understanding your worth. See, you could be busy and productive and do all these things all day. But what if you don't know who you are in Christ? What if you don't know your value? What if what if you feel like you don't have value? So then you're out of balance. So you could be doing good things and doing all these other things. That's great, but you could still be out of balance. So that's why insecurity can bring injury, even as you're doing the right stuff. So I want you guys to check this out. There's a book entitled Confidence, The Science of Art and Self-Belief, and it's by Steve Knox. And in this book, he goes through certain things of the mind to strengthen the mind, right? He talks about things like, um, you know, he talks about things like self-confidence, worry, insecurity, fear, hopelessness, how to get through these things each day, right? And so when he talks about insecurity, this is what he says. This is pretty, this is good. And I want you guys to see if this matches with who you are right now and who I am. He says that insecurity is a sure sign of a lack of self-belief. The ego must either inflate or deflate as a result. So again, notice this, the, the insecurity, the lack of security of yourself, something else, you're going to be in balance. Your ego will either inflate or deflate. If you're insecure, you're not comfortable in your own skin. You're not okay. In a real sense, you're unsure of who you are, what you have to offer, and how you can add value. Isn't that interesting to know that we can be, you know, we can be busy bees and we can always, you know, we can have our day literally sketched out and planned every minute of the day. We can have it planned out and doing all this stuff, but still don't know where you can add value. Still don't know what you have to offer. And and that's the scary part is understanding that it's almost like it's almost like that canister of sand. And that sand is just going through 
right? And when you look at it just for one day, obviously it doesn't look like it's doing anything. But as that sand continuously keeps dropping, it's going to get lower and lower. And next thing you know, there's no more sand there. So that's kind of like our life, right? Your life is like a vapor. I mean, it's here for a second and it's gone. So, I mean, we're spending every single day ripping and running, doing all this stuff, but still we don't know how we can add value to Christ, add value to the church, add value to other other things. And so he goes on to say, this is what insecurity does. It immediately kicks your brain into fight or flight mode. Your mind scans the environment and it notices every potential threat. Watch what now watch signs of insecurity here. All right. So let's listen closely as we're reading. Here's signs of insecurity. Comparison, self-pity and false pride kick in as a mental security blanket, all of which are self-defeating forms of a scarcity mindset. Your mind focusing on what you don't have. Change your mindset by embracing your insecurity. What you're lacking is an opportunity to improve, to learn, and to grow. So when we think about the injury of insecurity, guys, this is detrimental to the Christian. It's detrimental. And and when you think about, you know, insecurity and being insecure, Um, everybody deals with this, you know, not just women. I mean, guys deal with this too. You talk about comparison and ego, right? Guys, we compare ourselves to each other all the time, you know? So as, as we talk about this, how can we learn to be more secure in Christ and not to, not to let all these other things, um, cause us injury. So here's a, here's a great example here. So if you look at, um, uh, first Samuel chapter 16, 1 Samuel 16, and this is pretty cool here. Remember when David, uh, well, remember when Samuel um, was going before Jesse and his sons to anoint the next king, right? And so if you start in verse number, um, yeah, here we go. If you start in verse uh, number six, this is where Samuel begins to see all these sons. Now, remember, what is what is insecurity now? What is insecurity? It is a lack of self-belief. And then when you're insecure, you will always compare yourself to someone else. You'll always have self-pity on yourself and then false pride to match with some other person that will kick in in order to soothe your own self. All right. Keep all that in mind as we're reading this. So Samuel's walking through and all the guys are there. So notice what happens in verse six. And it came to pass that when they were come, he looked on Eliab. And he said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or the height of his stature, because I refused him. So that's something special there too. look at look at how God views good men and good leadership. You know, as humans, we view good men and good leadership as well. You got to look the part, meaning you have to be this strong, strapping, you know, uh, specimen (laughs) that looks like, you know, Captain America and Thor to even be considered. But the Lord said, don't look on his height and don't look in his stature. And, and the, the beautiful thing about it is as you're looking at these things, these things don't define manhood. But that's what we teach. Now, you can't fight if you're tall. You can't fight if you're if you have a, you know, a good countenance. You can't necessarily fight that. But that shouldn't be your best quality. Your best quality should be your heart. 
you know, there's some there's some great guys and girls that look great, but the hearts the hearts messed up. The hearts messed up. So so what does the goodness matter if the heart's not in the right place? So then he says, I refused him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called um, Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shemaiah pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this. In verse 10, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. So again, keep in mind, all these things are happening and it's saying no, no, no to all these sons. But then in verse number 12, now there's David and he sent and brought him in. Now, David was ruddy. He was of a beautiful countenance, goodly to look to. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is he. So now think about David. When you think about David, David was the youngest, but the way that he was described, he was described as ruddy, right? He was described as a beautiful countenance, but it didn't say anything about his stature. It didn't say anything about all those things. So now think about David, what David was at such a young age. David was secure. Think about it with me. David, David being who he was, was secure in who he was. And David didn't need anybody else's approval to make him feel secure in who he is. That's the danger where we find ourselves in, guys. If we feel like we don't get approval from people, then we lose our value. Then we're down on ourselves. And then we look at, we look at you know who they get approval from and then, well, how can I be more like that? You're going to find yourself just going in circles. I mean, it's not worth it. It really isn't. This is why insecurity causes injury. So how was David secure in himself? So when when all those other boys, when all those other men were going through with Samuel, do we ever find David looking and saying, man, I wish I was like Abinadab. I wish I looked like Shemaiah. I wish I was tall like Shemaiah. I wish I made people laugh like Shemaiah. I wish I was I wish I was handsome like Eliab. See, David, David understood why am I going to sit here and compare myself to my brothers? Yes, my brothers are good guys. But guess what? My brothers are not me and I'm not them. So being secure in yourself is, is obviously understanding what you have and what you don't have. That's a part of being secure. But sometimes what we can do, we make ourselves feel insecure because we hear stuff like, well, if you were more this, then I would like you. If you are more, then you start changing for people. When, yes, some change is necessary, but sometimes we start to change who we are so that we can be accepted. And that's not what, that's not security. That's insecurity. So now as David's doing this, notice what David knew about himself. David knew he was a shepherd, right? And as he knew he was a shepherd, what did David understand about himself, guys? Remember when you talk about um, as he's the shepherd and he's defending against certain threats. So when he defended against a lion, he defeated it. When he defended against the bear, he defeated it. When he defeated Goliath, he defended all those all those things and all those people. So guess what David knew about himself? I might not be big. I, I might not look like this. I might not be of a beautiful countenance as my brother's. I might not be as tall as my brothers are, but guess what? I know who I am. And who is that? 
I'm a defender who loves God. So wait a second, David, you didn't need Samuel's approval to tell you that? No, sir. So you that are listening, do you need someone else's approval for you to be secure in yourself? Nope. But think about the time, guys. Think about the time that we waste in trying to find people that approve of us. You're always going to find yourself hopping and bouncing. But is that is that really worth it in the end? So notice what David did. David said, yes, I understand I'm not my brothers, but I also understand I know who I am. I love the Lord. I'm a defender. I'm a shepherd. That's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> right. That's what I do. So, I mean, you have to be confident in, in who you are and what you do and what you provide. You know, and David understood this is who I am. This is what I do. And so as he understood that, this is this is the beauty of the security of David. So when, when a threat came and that threat was Goliath, where were his brothers at when Goliath challenged uh, Israel? Last time I checked, they didn't want to fight. How, where was Saul at when, uh, when Goliath challenged the nation? Last time I checked, Saul gave David his armor. So sometimes, sometimes the strongest things come in small packages. So naturally, when you think about Saul, when you think about David's brothers, you think about guys that are just, I mean, they're ready to go to battle. But when something comes along that they can't control with their own physical strength, they become weak. And so David said, yeah, I understand I might not be physically strong, but I got this. I got this. I know who I am. So David and notice even when he talked. Right. Think about it. Even when David talked to Goliath. He told Goliath, I will take you down. I don't care. And that's the, and again, I said this before in like uh, in a story or somewhere, but it's not, I promise guys, you just listen to what we're saying here as we're studying. This is not a arrogance about yourself. This is not what this is, but it's also a confidence that God gives you that you are confident in him. So David was so secure in himself and so secure in his God that he even told the challenge to his face. You're going down. The God of heaven will help me to take you down. He helped me beat the lion. He helped me beat the bear. And you're next. And that's that's the thing about. And I'm just going to be honest here about males is. Think about the security and think about the safety that that brings for those um, following male leadership. Think about the safety that that brings to know that, yeah, he might not he might not be the biggest guy in the world. He might not have all the muscles in his back and in his arms and his traps. You know, he might not look like that all the time, but he will lead and he loves God like David. And so think about it. I mean, think about the confidence. And so the entire nation stood and watched David. And, and then after David hit him with that rock, the, the, the confidence that would have brought the nation, we have a man that loves God and he's the next king. Imagine the confidence that would have given the nation. So where does the confidence come from? David's security in himself as a man. So let me give you guys some uh, lessons as guys and girls too. Guys specifically here first. Do not find your security in a girl. 
Do not find your security in your job. Do not find security in your muscle. Do not find security in how you can make people laugh. That stuff fades. Find your security and your strength in God. He will give you confidence. To our ladies, find your beauty in Christ. Find your worthiness in Christ. Find your usefulness and your and the power of influence that you have in Christ. Don't focus on your beauty. Don't focus on your personality. Don't focus on all these other things. Focus on that. But do you see how it's so easy for us to get off focus and cause these insecurities about ourselves to cause us injury? And sometimes what insecurity does, notice what the book said, and this is so true. Remember what the book said on confidence. It literally said, when you have a lack of self-belief in yourself, the ego must inflate or it must deflate as a result. Meaning... If you lack self-belief, you're always going to have to have a group or a person to plug that self-belief in you. You're always going to have to be around people. You're always going to have to have that boost. You're always going to have to have. So your ego will be inflated. Or your ego will be deflated and you always are going to need that boost. Or your ego will be inflated and you'll have to go over the top with it. Either way is not safe. Either way is not safe. And so here's the beauty about being secure in yourself. No one can take that power away from you. Nobody. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Nobody can take that away from you. And so here's a funny story. So I was talking to a uh, uh, an older man and he's in he works with youth, but he also preaches as well. And we were sitting and we were talking in his office, just having a good time, drinking some coffee, talking about you stuff, talking about, you know, other things, you know, the word, you know, events, all that other stuff. And so his wife comes in and his wife comes in and and I know um, his wife and, you know, we all kind of go back and forth and talk and laugh and have a good time as we're in there. And, you know, the husband and wife, as they're in there, they hadn't seen each other in a while. So they're just kind of couple sport, you know, playing with each other, you know, you know just messing with each other, right? So I'm just, we're just all in having a good time. So the question pops up and she's sitting there and as we're all talking, um, you know, you know, the, they kind of play a joke and he said, well, yeah, you married me, right? So they're just messing around. And she brought up, she said, you remember the time where when we were worshiping together, remember the time I was seeing somebody else and not you? He said, yeah, I remember. And, and, uh, he said, what about it? He said, I, she said, I want your honest opinion. She said, uh, what did you really think about it at that time? And he said, you want me to be honest? She said, yeah. And I was, I, and I was sitting there in the corner, like, yeah, be honest. I want to hear too. <laughs> since we're, since we're, since we're conversating, <laughs> I want to hear too. What you, what you feel like, what you feel. And so he, I mean, he was just straight faced and this was the best answer I've ever could have heard in this situation. He said, and I quote, at that time, I was genuinely happy for you. I wanted to see you succeed. I was genuinely happy for you. But then he said this at the end, but he said, but I knew 
that he was not me. And I was like, bro, <laughs> that was like the greatest answer you could have said in that situation, bro. Like he said, no, I'm dead serious. He said, I was genuinely happy for you. And at the time, I think he was seeing somebody or, or something like that. But he was like, I was genuinely happy for you. He said, I wanted you to succeed. But he said, I understood. I had the security that he's not me. And he said, I'm not going to sit here and compare because I wanted you to be happy with what you were doing. And I wanted you to be happy for me. So I was like, and that happened years ago. I'm talking about this is five, six years plus ago. But as we, as he talked about, it, I was like, that's that confidence and that's that security. That's the security. And I was just like, bro, that's great. That is a great answer. But so think about why do you think, why do you think the Lord, you know, tries to warn us against stuff like insecurity? Why do you think he does that? Because comparison, self-pity, pride, an inflated or a deflated ego, that all leads to some form of sin. It all leads to some form of sin. So no wonder later on in the New Testament, you hear things like be bold, come forth, come to the throne of God in boldness. You hear words like be strong. You hear words like be courageous. You hear words like steadfast. You hear words like sure. You hear words like confidence. You hear phrases like, I can do all things. Why do you think those phrases are sprinkled all throughout the New Testament? Because guess what God is trying to prove to us, guys? If you love me, and if you give your heart to my word, and if you love if you love who I am, I will give you the confidence about yourself that you don't have. That's wild. Think about it. But it all starts with understanding who you are in Christ. And that's why Paul could say in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, even though I'm hurt, even though I'm persecuted, even though I'm being stoned, even though, but they can't take it away from me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's a beautiful thing, man, that the Lord can give you confidence. So now let's go here. Let's go. Let's go a step farther here. Right. So let's let's go on the flip side of the coin. So. What if. We've been. Insecure. How can how can we how can we start on the journey to grow to being secure? How can we start getting better? Number one, we got to stop comparison. You know, it's defined as comparison is the thief of joy. You got to stop comparing because there's only one you. So why spend time comparing to someone else that's not you? So comparison is just, it's not even worth it. It's not worth it. Then number two, as he talks about in the book, self-pity. See, what we can do is after we compare, then we get down on ourselves, right? You guys ever see those TV shows where, you know, a guy or a girl is looking at a magazine and they see a uh, a picture of somebody that is deemed as beautiful. And then they look in the mirror and they look at themselves and then they look at that photo again. And they're like, man, I'm not that like I'm not beautiful. I'm not what that picture looks like. So then when you when you see that you don't compare to that thing or that that person in the picture, then you try to 
either try to fix it yourself and when you feel like you can't fix it, then you have self-pity about yourself. Man, I can never be this. I can never look like this. I can never get a person like this. You see what I'm saying? So now the process, that self-pity process starts with comparison. And then after that, then false pride kicks in. And then all these things are defense mechanisms to hide our own insecurities. But Christ is the one that brings my security. He's the one that brings it for you. So understand, man, there's there's no use in comparing. There's no use in comparing because your security and your confidence and your strength comes through our Lord. It comes through him. So, I mean, I know it's easy to do these things. I mean, because all of us have. But how did it turn out when you started comparing? Probably not well. Probably not well. And so here's here's what he goes on in the book to say this. He talks about like meditating on this and getting better on this. And he says, when I think about my insecurities, he said, um, I won't shrink back. I will choose to be okay with what I'm missing, what I'm lacking, and where I fall short. Today, I will be comfortable in my own skin. When insecurity kicks in, I will pay attention to my thoughts and explore them as an opportunity for growth. Just an opportunity to grow. And so when we think about it, guys, um, I encourage you, please, you know, it's so easy to uh, to find your security and your value in, I mean, just think about it. You know, when you meet somebody, what's what's one of, maybe not the first one, but what's one of the first questions that you ask? What do you do? Why do we ask that? Because what they do will determine whether that person will add value to my life or whether that person is valuable. So if you have two people here and you have one person that says, what do you do? Oh, well, you know, I'm an accountant and I work at a, I work at a big firm and I go around the country and I travel and I make some pretty good money um, as, I'm, as I'm working. Then you meet another person who says, you know what, I just, uh, you know, I work waste management. Um, you know, I try to do this and help my family and to uh, to help others as much as I can. So on the surface, who would who who do we think has more value? The person with more money or at least more opportunities for more money. But does that mean that that person will be valuable for you or they're valuable themselves? Even if you have everything together, you can be the most insecure person even with everything together. So do you see why we can't use these things and use what we are and what we do and my personality and how I make you laugh and how I do all this stuff, like how we can't use that as what defines us. What defines me is the word of God. He gives me my strength to lead. He gives me my strength to serve. He gives me my strength to stand. He gives me my strength to fight. He gives me my strength to love. So guess what? I don't need anybody else's approval or I don't need I don't need people to prove that I am that. The Lord tells me I'm that. You see what I'm saying? So it's almost like the voices of the Lord. He says what you are. 
So if God says you are a Christian, that's what you are. No one can take that away from you. If God says you are royal priesthood, nobody can take that away from you. God says you are my child. Nobody can take that away from you. So stop letting people take that. Stop letting people take that. You know, I heard something yesterday. Um, it was like a motivational speech thing. And I never thought about it this way, but this is crazy. He said um, the two most powerful words in the English language is the word are the words I am. Those are the two most powerful words in the English language. Why? Because he said after I am comes what you are. I am a royal priesthood. I am a Christian. I am strong. I am a defender. I am a servant. I am. You know what I'm saying? So now think about what God told uh, Moses. He just said he just said those two words. I am that I am. So these other Egyptian gods who claim to be me, they're not and they'll never they never will be. Why? Because I am. <laughs> I am. Y'all see where this confidence is coming from? I am. So God, infuse that in your soul. Ladies, infuse that in who you are. Ladies, you don't need a guy to tell you who you are. You don't need a guy to tell you that you're valuable. Now, you need someone that will see that you are valuable, but you don't need him to tell you you're that. God tells you that you're that already. Same with you too, fellas. You're valuable. Why? Because God says you are. God says you are. So what did David at a young age understand? I know who I am. I might not be like my brothers. I might not be tall like my brothers. I might not be, be as good looking as my brothers. But I know who I am. I know I'm a shepherd. I know I'm the best shepherd I can be. I know I love God. And when it's my time, I'll do what he wants me to do. And little did he know, uh, by the way, you're going to be anointed king. God picked you. God picked you. So now do you see the beauty of being secure in Christ, y'all? Y'all see the beauty in this? It's a certain level of beauty and it's a certain level of just, it's almost like a, a I wish you guys can see the video, but I'm just kind of breathing out. It's just kind of like a, this is, this is just what it is. God says, I'm this, I provide this, I am this, therefore I am because God told me I am. It just brings a certain level of peace in your life, you know? And so understand, man, guys, you, um, all of you that are listening, all of you are so valuable. All of you are so valuable. All of you, all of you are precious in God's sight and all of you add value. All of you add value. All of you have something to offer, but you have to know who you are in order to know how you can add that value and what you have to offer. So guys, I, I will pray for you that you will keep finding your security, your strength, your your love, your worthiness, your your power, your might, your courage. 
you find all that in Christ because guess what? He gives it all. And the thing about God is at, at some point in time, a person can give you glimpses of these things. But God gives it in abundance. I'll give you I'll give you strength in abundance. I'll give you love in abundance. I'll give you courage and all this in abundance. Because that's that's how I give talking about God. So don't you guys want that for y'all's lives? I want to continue to have that. Don't you want that? Absolutely. So you guys are, are special, man, because the Lord made you that way. And let the Lord define you. Let the Lord define your value. Let the Lord define these things. Don't let others around you define it. Because what's going to happen is you're going to be just like what James talks about. Remember, I believe it's James chapter one, where James mentions that the double minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So when you think about something that's unstable, how often can you trust something that's unstable? You can only trust something that's unstable as long as it is stable for you. But then what happens when it becomes unstable? Then you can't trust it. So then guess what you have to do? You got to go find something else that's quote unquote stable until that becomes unstable. So then it's this vicious cycle that insecurity holds where it's almost like we we're looking for what God already offers. And so he says here. Let him ask in faith, verse six, nothing wavering for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea and you'll be driven with the wind and tossed. So guess what insecurity does for us guys as Christians? Insecurity will put you in a life of being tossed to and fro by other people's emotions of how they view you. You'll be tossed. You'll be tossed. And let me tell you all something. The only thing in my life that's going to be tossed is a tossed salad from Applebee's, right? Other than that, nothing else in my life is going to be tossed. You see what I'm saying? Like your value shouldn't be tossed. Your your confidence shouldn't be tossed. What you have to offer shouldn't be tossed. Don't let anything else toss you. Don't let that waver you. A double-minded man, verse 8, is unstable in all of his ways. So, guys, if that's been you, let's let's go back to the word of God. Let's go back to find our confidence there. Let's go back and find our love there. Let's go back. Let's go back to the source. And if we find ourselves going to these other places, we're we're leaving the source. We're leaving the source. So let's 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 reset. Let's plug back in and let's get back right. Right. Let's get back right with the source. So, I mean, that was just a thought that was on my mind. I've been thinking about that and I had a study on that with a few people uh, about two days ago. So I was like, man, we probably got to pod that one. <laughs> we probably got to pod that one. I just needed a couple more days to think on it. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I hope that was able to help you. And if it has, um, I hope, I really hope it has, if it's helped you, uh, take it and learn it and share it with someone else so that maybe they can learn, uh, to be secure in themselves as they are growing too. So again, thank you guys so much. I appreciate, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you all. More and more each day, I'm finding out how how special the listeners here at When the Scriptures Are Real are. Because you guys are, I'm meeting people that I, I would have never guessed in 10 million years that are listening, that are, that are engaging, that are sharing, that are telling other people about it. And we're just building this, man. And it's just... It should be an amazing ride. And it's 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 so exciting to believe that this can get better. Right. This can get 
we can help more people, right? We can we can do more for the kingdom. So I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting, and um, we couldn't have done any of this without you guys. And I just want to show my appreciation from you know from just a normal a normal guy who's just trying to get it right. So uh, I appreciate you guys, um, Lord willing. We will definitely be back on Monday with a video portion, and we're looking forward to studying and and you know uh, keep going as we're helping each other getting on the right path. Thanks guys.